This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. If you visit Detroit, if you are from Detroit, or if you live in Detroit, you never knew all this culture was alive and thriving here. This is the Detroit is Different Festival. October 24th through October 27th, join us at the inaugural Detroit is Different Festival at the Andy Arts, 3000 Finkel Avenue, Detroit, Michigan, 48238. Visit www.detroitisdifferent.com different.com and get your tickets today. You're listening to the Piper Carter podcast on the Detroit is different podcast network. Nature's only, only concern is to sustain itself. Period. You know what I'm saying? Period. Nature will create a plant that will heal and nature will also create a plant that will heal. This is it, what? And I'm here for a purpose, not to get what? It was dreamt up, as I build up Visions of new beginnings and then the success is resilient I've seen some, and I've seen none And experience and passive taking me on a past where I don't even imagine It already happened, snap fingers like magic You'll see the action cause it's begun Watch the rerun as I speed up and I move to the top of the place to be Do it for the black steel, but I rap the street Soul of a poor in with the mind of king Call me whatever and I call what I see I ain't seen much, so I re-up Building past the ceilings, boundaries that was given To keep me in a position I don't get stuck Or I give up, consequence sucks And I'm focusing on winning with thoughts that'll listen Change is consistent, takes up an instant Dreams that's depicted with the wisdom Fears come as the peers run. What they don't understand cause a man to think is lamb. He and the other plans, all within a span of wings, seen as hands. I saw over men with thoughts that are fast. No one no half, but watch men on pass. I'm science and math, not of sheep's blood. More of king or sphinx son. Reality, space, and time, and I'm of mind and matter. Everything in life that's mind and matter. It revolve around me like the lines of sound. As I speak metaphysics and I rhyme and pattern Don't get tripped up, cause I'm in flux With a clear run Inspiration, destinations, and lifelong motivations And it ain't no way to take it cause I'm here from Where no fears come It was written, it was destined, and it's begun As I journey through a life as I become A reality based in the drip run Don't you hear runks in your eardrums? This is it, what? I can get up with the big cut Back to Roger Wagon, I play the kid, what? I'm a bit touched Emotionally, psychologically, spirit, mind, and body Thoughts that's allow me to move forward and heighten Knowledge and refinement This is the rising Those that's enlightened Time is arriving, it's a bit much This is it, what? As I move to the top of the tier, what? Don't appear dumb As I veer from All the crabs in the bucket out to get crumbs I'm in position to make moves for years, luck. It's ironic you interpret it as chill luck. This is calculated dog, give me big cups. This is it. In a lot of ways, they focus on teaching spiritual principles based on things that were outside of ourselves. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. As opposed to being able to identify with the principle introspective. You know what I mean, because we're dealing with centripetal and centripetal forces. That which works moves outward in and that which works inward out. You know what I mean? So there's an exchange. You know what I'm saying? There is an exchange.
is most prominent within the minuscule. Welcome back to the Piper Carter Podcast. You are here with Piper Carter at Detroit is Different with the Token Millennial. What's up, Brittany? Hi, Piper. Guess what? What? We got the goat in the building. I just started Harlem shaking. The head honcho. Uh, yeah, I, I was Harlem shaking, but we're not in Harlem, so we got to do the Davidson Wait, shake. Oh, the Davidson shake. <laughs> yes. The Davidson the Davis, is... <laughs> the Davidson shake. I don't know what that means. Ah, Kari, can you do That's it? That's like night of no. living basin. <laughs> Ain't no telling what the Davidson shake we is. We got but... Kari Frazier in the building. What's up, Kari? The what's owner. Up, what's, up? what's up? What's up? The operator. You haven't been on here in like a year. The head honcho. It's been a minute. It's yeah. been a, a long, long minute. And we got Sanaa. That's it. Yay! Yay! Peace. Poet extraordinaire. <laughs> songwriter. Yeah, songwriter. So this is exciting because we're like about 25 days away from the epic inaugural Detroit is Different festival mm-hmm. that's going to be at the Andy Arts Center in Finkel. And we are very, very excited. We've been promoting this for like some months now, right? We have. Like a few months, like five months maybe, four or five months. Mm-hmm. And so now we're in the month of, you know, countdown until. And there's going to be like so much amazing stuff. I mean, in addition to our show, which is going to be fantabulous on October the 26th, which is I'm the Rapper, She's the DJ featuring Idea. We got Boog Brown on the bill. We got Frankie P on the bill. Wait, who's the DJ? Moi. DJ P's Pie. Yay! <laughs> and, um, but that's just like one of the things. I mean, we got the comedy show that's going to be happening that um, Josh Adams is doing with Coco. You know, we got um, the My Natural Hair podcast is doing their thing a little bit earlier. And um, they got Joel Fluent on there. Fluent Green. I don't know if you know Fluent. Amazing poet writer. In his own right. Uh-huh. And um, I mean, it's just incredible. The unicorns will be there. They got the 2000s dance party. 5-2 fine 5-2. Two. Two. Five five two. Two. That yeah. is the most hilarious name of a party ever. Yeah. It's going to be you great. Know, you know why they call it Lloyd. That? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah, like yeah. I was, you got to be a millennial to probably to understand why that def- is. Oh yeah. The title of that mm-hmm. because I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I remember stuff. the song. I remember the yeah, song, Harry, but I don't I remember that. that. Song. Harry, I never Harry. thought to. I've never sat and listened to a Lloyd Little Wayne song and said to myself, "Hmm, let me take in these lyrics." Right. It's just everybody had an epiphany once they realized what he was saying on that part. Mm-hmm. It was like a huge epiphany. Okay. That's wonderful. Did he say fine two or five two? He said she's fine too, but I want you, as in like your friend is cute, but I want you. She's yeah. fine too, but I want you. So if if he said she's five two, but I want you, it's like he doesn't like short women or something? Maybe. They both work. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Lloyd does not <laughs> This not is attracted why, to shorter women. Ain't that something? This is Lloyd why is we are short. having on Friday of the Eve. 
a an intellectual conversation <laughs> <laughs> with some artists, but literally we are. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and the entire festival is incredible. And then like that Sunday, we have live podcasting all day with mm-hmm. like special podcast guests. Mm-hmm. And I got somebody special in the pocket. I'm not going to release it just yet because I got to wait till I get like the affirmative affirmative. Like I got the like, okay, cool. But I didn't get the like, yes, you know, the confirmation, the confirmation. Like I need to see it written. So I need to send an email and then get that email back. I got the like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be there, you know? Okay. Yeah. You got a text message. You have a, no, what, what do I verbal. call it? A, um, Just a verbal. I call that a soft commitment. Did you ever see uh, a soft commitment? Happy Gilmore. Yeah. yeah I, I love, love that Scooter, movie. Scooter. Shooter. Shooter McGavin. Remember Shooter McGavin. He'd be like. Yes. Yeah. Shooter yeah, McGavin. I got that. Okay. <laughs> That's all McGavin. I got right now mm-hmm. <laughs> is the. <laughs> that, that may be that may be my, my as a Carl Weathers fan, that may be one of my favorite Carl Weathers movies. Wow. As an eighties mm. kid. Action Jackson. Yeah. And such other Oh my god, other my cousin loves Action Jackson. All the fellas. I guess he was like Detroit. a black superhero from Detroit. Not superhero, but like I got I guess he was fighter, a super yeah, yeah, yeah crime fighter type. Nope. I mean, you know, it doesn't You'd have to be coming. You have age. to like action movies to mm-hmm. appreciate eighties, eighties action movies. Yeah. So like if you've seen Robocop and you like Robocop one, you may like Action Jackson. Right. Okay. Because the hero's black. And it was like, like basically like what about Blank Man? Man and from Detroit. Blank nah, Man. it's better than Meteor Man. No offense to Meteor Way Man. Way better than Meteor Man. But Meteor Man was kind of cartoony. Action, action Jackson, Jackson was, was more serious. Okay. Yeah, you I take mean, him seriously. Yeah, as action. Okay, like, actually one of the better, you know, action movies. I love action movies, uh, as far-fetched as they are. But, like, Predator 2? Yeah. Have you ever seen Predator 2? Yeah. I can't do Predator. But I, maybe I need to try. As well, in, like, you're afraid of Predator? I just never got into it. Terminator, I saw the first Terminator. Sad I come Okay, not. if you sit through Terminator 1, you can definitely sit through Action Jackson. That's funny. Okay. Terminator 1 is not, you know. Sad yeah, basically, yes. Yeah, yeah. Terminator 1 is not... Well, really, Arnold Schwarzenegger ain't exactly the biggest thespian. Period. I'm the governor of California. Hey, he pulled I'm that off. I'm the governor. He pulled that off. Yeah. He definitely did. Yeah. A Republican. I'm the predecessor to Trump. He was, he was <clears throat> something. So what are we... Okay, so... I told a little bit about this festival. You've mm. been this is this festival is your brainchild. Like, talk to us about this festival. Well, it was time first. I want to thank Brittany. Brittany really helped when we did a, I guess, a meeting around the whole concept of the festival. That may have been in April or March. I can't even really remember. Uh, was that April or March? Probably around there, yeah, something around like there. that. It was definitely in the spring yeah. where we went to the Andy. And I like the space that's in the community. I want to do more of my works here in this neighborhood, 48238, my zip code. Uh, so my zip code. Stay in 38. Stay in 38 up. And 
it's a space that's unique. It's a space where I can do something cultural, artistic. I actually ran into Simeon of the Jam Handy. I remember when I first met him and saw that space and I wanted to do something. So it's almost like we have a space as creative and as interchangeable as the Jam Handy, but just in my own community. So when I give people flyers, the first thing they say is, on Finkel? Like if they actually read the fire flyer. Mm -hmm. So they're like, Finkel, Finkel, I know Finkel. And it's like, is it on Finkel? And it's like, Finkel and what? And then it's like, okay, it's 3,000 Finkel right between Linwood and Dexter. And then they're like, what is over there? And I'm like, nothing is over there. The landmark would be like your cousin's house. Growth and development is, you know. God damn, it's a beautiful spot. It's it's the hood though. That's our hood where we from. Yeah, and I like it. Uh, I see some other promotional campaigns. So this is an opportunity to bring to life what Detroit is different is. Because so many of the podcasters here, thank you all, especially the Piper Show. You all have been holding down a lot as far as getting the word out and the word of mouth. I haven't been as active with the Detroit is different podcast. I posted one today, surprisingly, with Piper on it. Yeah. So, um, So it's good to keep the pot stirring and then just like the inner workings of so many different cultures that intersect on the network because there's so many different things happening through the network so this festival gives people an opportunity and even us connected to the network myself even a chance to see us all intermix and mesh and connect Detroit is different it can be comedy it can be it can be natural hair it can be Women in hip hop. It can be a texting game show. It can be so much. And oh that's yeah! What Shouts this out to the um, the text group game text. show group text. Yeah, they got a show on Detroit is different, and they've mm-hmm. got a they've been doing a game show earlier yeah. that day too. Yeah, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to be a mix of so many different things where you can connect to something new. Uh, it's inaugural, so so much as excitement and also trepidation, anxiety, fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, wonder. He said trepidation. Trepidation. Get the dictionary. Exactly. Uh, you guys sound like when I'm on Josh Adams' podcast, they they always say I'm like I'm like Detroit Ti or something. <laughs> I love it. So you are. <laughs> hey, so with it, tell us know? about fr- the Friday night. What's happening then? Like I'm very excited about that actually. Okay, Friday night is a think tank. Uh, many people that know me know a lot of the reason for Detroit is different is because I just feel culture needs a better platform in the city of Detroit. I think it's a space and place for great artistry and great arts, but it's a disconnect over time, I feel, between so many of the ways that culture is delivered here. Mm. And I believe culture is delivered from a couple facets. It's the person providing it, and the person providing it is actually the promoter and the performer, Mm -hmm. and also the people receiving it. So the place and the place you hold things matters, and then the audience matters. Mm. And a series to start this discussion that I plan to grow I want this festival to grow over time Everything I love has been in existence for years So mm. hopefully we can continue to gather information And share this data And come to some agreed upon norms Of how we deliver culture mm. So we aren't as as dissected As I feel mm. we sometimes are mm. Sometimes you go to things And performers walk away and say That was great But the audience feels let down mm. Or the audience feels like Yo that was phenomenal And the performers feel let down mm. Or the place feels like Okay we really didn't get anything from it We didn't feel like we're a part mm. of it Or worst case scenario People such as myself and Piper As 
people promoting these events Mm -hmm. and promoter has become like a catch-all phrase but to me promoter is the person that uh, puts forth the funds to create Mm -hmm. whatever said event is coming together and and making getting the people in there Mm -hmm. making the phone calls booking the talent it's a lot of effort that goes into the act of promoting something and oftentimes as promoters we uh we can definitely it's like a we can be the 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 person that is most when we don't play the role we're supposed to play. Boy, oh boy, talk about our name being known. Yeah. You know, our name promoting an event. You it's you can probably get a name way faster for doing people wrong than you can from doing people right. Yeah, you know? that's true. And uh, I I really do think that there are some people that have been offering great culture in the city of Detroit, people such as Zayna, Mm -hmm. for years. And that needs to be uplifted and then making sure that you can, you know, fertilize that soil and continue to have that grow. Right. And also, too, I want to say there's two things I want to say about that. So the first thing I want to say is um, in promoting, um, well, when I was doing the weekly open mic, when I was doing the weekly no misogyny open mic, Mm-hmm. Something I found that was like super frustrating was um, that the performers, the DJs, and the people that are were part of being, you know, the entertainment on the show would be like, "Why do I have to promote? Why do I have to sell tickets? Why do I that, have to do this?" That is that is ju- definitely that? a uh, that has been a response. Uh, over the years, I remember one time, I'm, I'm going to just say his name, and, and I've grown a lot since then. I haven't talked to him in a while, but I was doing a show with comedian Blackberry. He was like, I'm the talent. I'm the talent. You the promoter. You supposed to promote. And I understand that perspective of an artist because I've been a performer as well. But the 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 true state of at least today, how I feel about it. When I create an event, it's a call to action where I'm offering the people I know an opportunity to see whatever culture I'm offering. If the artist that's a part of it, whomever that may be, even if it's the biggest name out today, and I don't know who people consider the biggest name out, let's say it's Beyonce, it's still some onus on Beyonce to help buy into the to delivering this message for her to be a part of things. 100%. So in helping to sell tickets, quote unquote, it's also helping the brand of the artist expand too. Yeah. Because you have the opportunity, as much as I have the opportunity to offer your talents to the group of people I know, you also have the opportunity to offer your talents to the people that I know to gather more of your audience, to get my people to become your people so now they can continue to support you. Uh, This is a longer stint uh, of a discussion point, but uh, from a podcast Kevin Hart did years ago with Mark Maron, when Mark Maron was saying, so how did you grow your audience? How did you grow your audience? And he was like, I sat down and I talked for years with uh he was like after years of kind of starting from scratch because he was one of those artists that got in the movie soul playing his career didn't take off where it was supposed to go and then he hit rock bottom again and he had one of his friends that finished business school and said look i want to work with you because i feel you do have talent how can we do this said let's talk to comedian dane cook and dane said 
I go to every city and I sit after the show, shake every hand I can and gather emails. We started gathering databases of people that would continue to come to shows and offer them free or discounted tickets on like the first night. So, you know, a comedy show run may start on a Thursday. And he kept databasing himself over time and over time and over time. Now, that grind takes a long stance, but his perspective was the comedy club is giving me an opportunity or the promoter is giving me an opportunity to gather more people in my own data pool that can be my own fans. And this type of belief, and this is just one example, it are some of the things that we can be on the same page about as opposed to just the attitude of people don't pay me enough. I'm an artist. Don't nobody value what I have to offer. As the promoter, we sometimes feel the same way, if not worse, because it's like we're paying the venue. We're paying some type of sound system. We're also paying for promotion. As Piper walked in here, it's like, you buying posters and all of this stuff and Facebook ads and Instagram ads and robocalls. And we're putting in a lot of effort so that the impression is made and people see things. Mm -hmm. And the more we can work with artists that buy into this vision, then the better it is as opposed to artists that kind of you know, sit on their laurels and just show up at the show. You know, the yeah. shows at nine o'clock, they show up at, at 10.30 and like, yeah. you know, all right, when do I get on stage? And it's like, yeah. damn, man, you didn't really even put this on Instagram, man. Yeah. That's crazy. You commenting on, um, I don't know, God knows what. You commenting on, God knows what foolishness, but you're not even putting anything up for what we're doing and I'm offering you pay. And yeah. it's almost as if the attitude is you could care less whether I make my money back or not. Yeah. You know, um, and, and I think there's a lack of understanding of the role of the promoter because even, yeah. um, like when I was doing the Rhapsody show, I know I always talk about it, but you know, I paid her what I paid her and it wasn't cheap to me. No. And, um, nobody in Detroit really knew her, but I knew I was taking a chance. Yeah. And so, um, but I knew I had to put that work in. So I had to do like six months. I had to do the research to see what all the concerts that was coming to Detroit and then be at those concerts handing out flyers. And I had to prepare my mind, body, and spirit for like thousands of people to tell me no. And, and no, thank you. And, and passing out <laughs> flyers. And, and I actually think that it's still cool and actually has more value now is so many people Agreed. just do internet right now. Yeah. And I print so many flyers, even when I printed flyers, I was talking to unicorns, they're like, I'll just take a couple. And I'm like, you need to take all of these. And then yeah. even that flyer that you hand to the person that doesn't come today, <clears throat> you have to have the attitude of they'll come tomorrow. You have yeah. to look at it like a salesman, like it, you're, you're blind. So if I hit you with enough flyers over time, you're going to come to something. Yeah. You're going to eventually say, damn, Kari been inviting me to stuff all the time. I know Kari, cool. Let me go on and come to something. And hopefully at that point in time, that call to action is some good culture where you come to it and you connect and you stay longer than the fact of like Kari's cool. Yeah. That's, that's what the expectation is. But to expand the network, we do have to go to these places where we do have to hand flyers and put them on that's cars and, and put them did. on windshields and, yeah. and walk in those stores and drop them and say, talk to people in the barbershop, talk to people in the salon. You got to build. Yeah. And, that's and it is a intimidating. Tough grind. It's it intimidating. Is. It is. It's scary. I can only imagine what it's like for a lot of people. It, it's, 
if you're introverted, it's not that as people will, you know, I ain't trying to go to, you know, you may hear all types of stuff. I ain't yeah. trying to go to that. They're going to take your flyer, throw it down, yeah. look at it like it's crazy, tell yeah. you no. Yeah. Uh, He's got to keep going. You smiling. have to keep going, keep smiling, talk mm-hmm. to people, have the information, mm-hmm. and that's one pass. And really, we're passing out 100 flyers just so that one of those flyers ends up in somebody's car on a nightstand or on a table that somebody else that knows Piper is like, oh, I know who Piper is. Like when I was passing out flyers mm-hmm. the other day, and they're like, oh, I know Piper. I saw uh, I saw Alea, and she was with Vu. And I'm like, okay, here you go. And they're like, oh, he's connected to Piper. And it's like, okay, that's cool. Piper's doing something here. Yeah. Now, will will Vu connect and will he come to the event? I don't know. I don't know. But if he sees two more passes of it, then it's a higher probability where it's like, damn, you got one of these flyers too? Mm -hmm. All right, let me go on and get up and go. Well, me and Brittany, that's what we did. We sat down. We did a brainstorm session. We looked through all of the concert like you know you can go online and look at these different places then they mm-hmm. tell you where all the shows are like what was one of them song kick and live nation mm-hmm. and a couple of other yeah so we wrote down all the shows where we think our audience is gonna be the big shows and the little shows yeah and, and, and the venues yeah. and we're just gonna mm-hmm. go and just hand all these flyers out till we don't have no more flyers yeah and we're just gonna get on the phone and call folks yeah and be like, you want to buy a ticket? You want to buy a ticket till we sell all these tickets? And that is the old school game yeah. of the promoter. And I, I definitely don't think a lot of artists see that perspective unless they've pr- produced and promoted their own show. But be- that's how you build your audience, well, yeah, for agree, real. Agree. But Piper and I were talking about it in the conversation of promoting. You know, you asked her for her contacts. Yeah. So, you know, she runs into it where she's, is asking for the same thing of artists. Yeah. And they just, you know, it's it's not a malicious thing. They just don't understand, to me, what promotion is. Promotion starts with who is your family? Who's your cousin? You don't want to call your cousin because you're the artist. Let her call the cousin. Mm-hmm. Those are the people who are going to come to your show. It's not that It's not that we're asking you to do your own promotion. We're just asking for your contact. So... It's just, I think, a a conversation that needs to be had that you guys are having about the art of promotion because I don't think a lot of people look into what it really is. Yeah. It's until you're in that catbird seat saying to yourself and thinking, and we have so much messaging going on today. Yeah. The the idea of what it is and how to do it really doesn't come into play. Uh, You with your business, starting that out and reaching out, And that's one of those things where even in doing it, knowing that the first pass, whether you get one or 200, is really a setup for the next pass, 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 for the next pass. It, you know, and keeping that good face on when that crowd is, you know, you do enough events, you're going to walk into something in the crowd. It's five people and you got and the show must go on. You can't have that attitude of like, damn, ain't nobody show up. I totally forgot that, uh, you know, uh, Biggie and Tupac just got out the grave and they doing a special concert in Detroit for free. You know, you can't, you can't say that's why ain't nobody here. And, you know, or I should have did this or I should have did that. You have to bounce back with that attitude and have that great culture and offer that to people. Cause that's what people want. People don't want to hear about everybody that ain't there. They want a great show. Yeah. You know, you know what, um, who somebody um, I went somewhere recently mm-hmm. and somebody showed me something. I had a conversation. I don't remember who. So please forgive me. 
Um, but the person told me that they did a show back in the 70s with, mm. with uh, Patti LaBelle. Mm. Mm. And they said that um, Pat, that the room, well, whatever happened, um, no, no tickets really sold. Yeah. And that it was probably like one third or one fourth yeah. of the Pat. space. Yeah. And um, she said that Patty told the audience, come down here close to me and said that Patty sat down on the wow. edge of the stage and gave them a private concert. How cool is that? Just for those people and sang and was like, you know, we're not worried about who's not here. We're all here. And I'm going to do this just for you. And gave him a special concert. That actually, probably, I would imagine, grew those into deeper Patty fans. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what sure. you said, that's the truth. The people that have rocked with me, when the crowd is like nowhere mm-hmm. and you rock. Yeah. That is really where you get a tireless fan. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm glad I've had the opportunity to rock. With, for like huge crowds, I remember one time with uh, the Basics reggae game, reggae band. They were we did um, what is that? The Arts Beats and Eats back when it was in Pontiac and it was right before Morris Day. I can't tell you how many people were out there. It was like so many people. Like it gets to a certain point where you're performing in front of so many people. If you get that opportunity, you it's hard to even quantify what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like wow, this is interesting treatment and interesting everything. And it's yeah. like damn, Morris Day and Jerome is still cool, but. <laughs> right. <laughs> That crowd versus the crowd when I did the Metro Times blowout and Drake put me last spot like on an off. That was back when the blowout was maybe like Wednesday night or something. And it's 1.30 Wednesday night in Hamtramck. And for whatever reason, I was like, man, can I keep these 10 people here? Can I rap well enough to keep these 10 people here? I told Drummer B. That's back when Drummer was DJing with me the whole time. And I did. But those 10 people rock with me for like the next four albums. Yeah. So I do think that it's the intimate show will connect you deeper to the crowd if you have the right attitude mm-hmm. and you connect well. Uh, I can't tell you how many times really my love for Kool-Aid's comedy, Rest in mm-hmm. Peace, Rest comes peace. from... Uh, comes from seeing him rock rooms where really nobody's there. That would because he would be trying out stuff that he generally wouldn't try. Yeah, and it's just like damn, like you you see the magic of what's going on. One of my best performances, um, a T Miller was connecting when I came to uh, <laughs> your open mic, and it wasn't that many people there. But Shamako and them were in town. And oh they were like, yeah, we want to rock. We want to rock. We want to rock. And T Miller just happened to. I, I don't even know what and how, but she rocked it and and it was dope. Like yeah. sometimes the the energy connected to yeah. the right intimate crowd if the performers have the right vibe. Mm-hmm. But that kind of comes to the promoter too, encouraging that performer to be like, all right, let's still do this. As opposed to pulling them to the side and saying, like, I know I promised you a hundred, but uh <laughs> <laughs> blah 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 let me pay yeah. you 50 you know what i'm saying like if you still had that attitude and that's the other thing too um for any promoter listening you know have your money up front have you your know, money nothing up front. nothing better and nothing more professional than a performer walking in and handing them handing a their money envelope with their name on it and their money yeah when they walk in and yeah. not not at the end and let's count everything up and all of that stuff because yeah. i know oh, i know promoter, so well. performers are listening right now saying hell yeah you know right, so right, right. I, 
Yeah, because nothing's worse than that end of the night. Like, we thought... No, 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 no. You know, you agree... Don't play those games. ...to do good business. Yeah. And do good business. Yeah. Well, that's another thing. So, you know, a certain person that we know in the music industry, I'm not going to say their names, but they are a top of their game and they've they're a musical director for a lot of huge mm-hmm. folks and they just did the Motown 60th mm-hmm. and that was a huge huge deal cuz they brought back all the Motown people Barry Gordy was there and he told me cuz I asked him who what musicians he got and he said he don't hire Detroit musicians and he never will mm. and he said because they're unprofessional Hmm. And that is uh, something in the industry that people talk about. That's a it's a stigma. People don't like it's to come stigma. here and perform. What, what, it's a stigma. People don't um, because people go into people's dressing room and eat their food. Because people go behind their back and try to steal the gig from them. Because people lie. Because people steal. I mean, you've seen a lot of other of crazy things working, working at Shane, <laughs> working at Shane Park. You've seen yeah. things on a people lot don't of learn levels. the music. People uh, supposed to play with an artist and don't learn their music. It, wow. now, now, people get high. Yeah, now there are have some... Have sex with other people, yeah. but, you, you know, I mean, just all types I, of I, debauchery. I, I wish, I wish. I mean, you, you can't find any statistics on this because, like, some of that behavior, I think, may be applicable to people in Indiana, too, or whatever. Right. But with that being said, I've heard those same rumors, and I've dealt with a lot of musicians here, and so much of it kind of comes to, like, who and how different people are cut. Yeah. So, like, I, I love working with Alex White for, for years. I've just kind of put the ball in his court. Uh, his cousin, you've worked with, Cecilia. I think Cecilia is extremely professional mm-hmm. when when she works anything with Urban Strings. So, some of this is the character uh, of the person it's sad and unfortunate that that reputation does live, and there's many people with that reputation. We, I have seen that myself. You know, even when I've set up like you know the small green room setup, where it's like you know the person that didn't even get invited, but they feel entitled because they have a name, and then they're backstage eating the most chicken, right. or or all of the you know, and then they getting their cousin in, and then it's yeah. like, why is this person that's not even performing I'm the laughing. most extra person? You're laughing, but this I'm, is real. This is well, I'm real. laughing because Piper when. Uh, Ye was here doing the Sunday service sent that text about like how many people were backstage and she was like then they back here eating that food no one ain't supposed to be eating that food but that <laughs> but the re- the reality is like I mean and it's not um like I, I don't even know how to how to present the whole thing. Like I, I remember when we did Scared of Detroit one time. Like I had like a whole little setup for CP, and he came later. And CP's from the crib, or a comedian from Detroit, and just like enough of the other comedians that weren't even on the show drank everything, ate everything, left it trashy, and it's like, why are you? Why? Why? Why are you doing this? And then positioning me like, all right, next year you're going to put me on it. So it's like, okay, is this the presentation that you're going to give me yeah, so that I can book you? Me to book you. Knowing that I got all this other stuff going on, yeah. knowing that you kind of just stepped on the whole setup I have back here. Yeah. You know, and this is when I want to invoke the, I swear to God, if I was white people, you wouldn't even try nothing like this. Yeah. But it did have that tint in my mind. Yeah. But maybe even not. I, I don't know. Like some of this behavior of entitlement and that chip that can be on the artist's shoulders. 
needs to be eliminated as stand I, I don't want to say like you know come meditate and that's it but you know conduct yourself as if you know conduct yourself like a professional yeah and professional opportunities will present themselves right and I've seen it, you know, the few times I've had the opportunity, like the time I performed with Brandon Williams at Shane Park, and I've seen it, and it's, sometimes it's just, it can be so extra, like you're back there, and it's like, okay, you're not on the show, you're just trying to bump into this celebrity, take a selfie, and then ask them to chop up some business, and it's like, okay, they haven't performed yet, this I don't know what's the right or wrong time, but this just isn't the right setting for that. time or the setting. You know. They about to perform. They about to perform. Like, give them three feet, no check. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Let them detox. Yeah. They already got a crew of whoever their entourage is. Yeah. Now you're trying to... They You're already got leeches. Intercede whoever they crew is. Like, hey, remember when we talked last yeah, year? Yeah, we you smoked know, the blunt. Jay, Nas, M, yeah. whoever. You know what I'm saying? Like, remember we talked last year about this whole thing. Let me show you the selfie. I remember back in the day, I took this picture of you and my nephew drew right. a painting of you. And it's like, yo, man, like, this is, it's too much. It's too, it's much. too extra. Chill. Yeah. Chill. And, think to and yourself, also, people how do I need to focus myself? on themselves. Like that, you said something very poignant. People need to focus on themselves. That's why I really appreciated that you're doing this festival because thanks. Um, the their needs. I mean, as many events that happen here in Detroit, um, something that I notice among people that do events and this and that, and I've told you about certain people. There's just certain people in this. I'm gonna say the when I use the word community right now, I'm I'm talking about um, the people that do events and like the promoters and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's a certain thing within within that community where people have this thing like um, a certain. You're supposed to feel proud about yourself and your events, but people just have like a certain thing about like, yeah, you should come to my events because my events are the shit. But I'm not coming to your events because your events that. are shit. And <laughs> I can say it's a lot of times where I miss an event because I'm generally working the creative differences. What funds Detroit is different is my marketing firm, Creative Differences. So this is a venture project that I'm passionate about because Detroit is different creates better creative opportunities mm-hmm. that I eventually see expanding to so many more artists connected to Detroit is different. Uh, but I am very present in looking out and buying tickets for people when I know they're doing something real where I'll say, look, I'll cop your ticket. So it's been times like for your event, I want to say I caught, I don't know how many tickets I caught, but I'm like, yo, I, I, Piper's doing something real for the Rhapsody show. I was like, yeah, you I'm did. copping extra tickets and you can give them away. Yeah, you um, did. You did give away. I, I ran into, uh, I know I've done that for Phoenix. Uh, uh, LaShawn Phoenix is amazing, amazing with poetry. Amazing. And I'm like, I can't make it, but I'll cop some tickets to give away. I yeah. just I just did that with Nadir, just did a show. Uh, you did that for me in the pop-up. You was in <coughs> DR and you gave me $100 towards it. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I shot you some bread for your like, pop-up. You ain't got to do that. You 
And I was I like, yeah, it. but I know, I know how it is. It's business. Um, Sandy and Sandy's land. She's doing her uh, Black Dow show right in the city again for a while. You know, it's moved around, and I know how that can be too. But it's five dollars this time at Northwest Activity Center. So I'm like, for five dollars, I'm gonna buy a bunch of tickets, and hopefully, she can get them in the hands of young. Uh, young girls or I guess young men or whoever is interested in black dolls and black art I want to make sure that that happens so yeah, I'm going to cop some true. tickets for her like if as a promoter I know I may miss your show but I want to put some cash in your hand Yeah, and always always if I'm at a show I'm never trying to be the guy that gets in for free I look right. at it as a business nothing's worse than being the person just because I know you to try to get in for free if anything I want to double pay not only that, right. but even like um, something that I found very interesting, like the artists and everything, they want their money. Because even when we did the uh, I'm the rapper, she's the DJ, mm-hmm. no offense, but you know, artists were looking at me like, why are these tickets, to, what were they like? They were 15 or 25? 15, probably, 15. And probably like, uh, it, it may have been, you know, I, I always think of something like uh i always try to think of the buyer so i'm thinking 15 maybe two for 20 it was either 15 two for 20 or it was one for 20 two for 30 something like that i think it was like 15 two for 20 yeah and then um they were like oh why are these tickets so expensive i was like it's three acts and a dj and you want 250 dollars and everybody up there wants like 300 dollars and 200 where's that money come from that and then also you know this more than I know this, Piper. And I, I never thought this until you, you start doing enough shows. It's a different energy that comes when you do a free show where people don't... People receive culture differently with a free show mm. than they do when it's a paid show. A paid show, people bring it in differently. Mm. A free show, people are way more... Like... it. it it, quantifying value in this American society, just putting a price on something changes the way people look at something. Okay. And and even, you know, just that $10 makes it feel more real because okay. often the free show, it's no telling when it starts, when it ends, okay. uh, what's happening, you know, the, the, the attitude for it. Ain't none of y'all paid to get in here. Like it's a different energy yeah. around the free show. Even when the free show is the same show as the pay show. Sometimes Kool-Aid would do basically the same. He would have the same headline performer at his $20 show as he would do at Baker's, you know, three nights later. So you could technically wait a couple nights and get the same show. But people are coming in on time. They're in their seats for, you know, whereas for the free show, you know, people walking in outside, they park, they in the parking lot talking to each other, you know, they they walking away from the st- from the stage, they cutting in front of the stage. It's a different energy mm. connected, I think, when you have that free show versus that paid show. I mean, a, a great place, I guess, Baker's in, in general is one of those places. When they had that cover at Baker's, it's a different energy versus when you go to Baker's and they just like, where you want to sit? You know, when mm. Baker's stop you and be like, oh, it's 20 tonight. You like, oh, it's 20. It it changes people's disposition. Mm. So what about, um, so this show, well, this festival that you're doing now, mm-hmm. you put a lot of thought, you put a lot of energy into it. What are you most looking forward to over the weekend? Um, I'm looking forward to it happening. 
and being present throughout even the promotion of it. Mm-hmm. So it happening is the success. Um, and right now I do feel and I see it. So actualizing it is a grand success. After actualizing it, some of the nuances and seeing the content creators interact with each other. So Sunday, when it'll be the day of podcasts, that'll be a very interesting day. Because I think like that Superman meme where, I mean, Spider-Man meme where Spider-Man is pointing at Spider-Man. Right. I think it'll be a lot of that going on. You know, okay. where podcasters are like, you do this too? And then just seeing the different styles. A lot of people are like, how do you do it? How do you get into the network? Blah, blah, blah. That's a great day. Yeah. If you're listening right now and you're wondering, I, I got something to say. I got a podcast about God knows what. Come that day. The best day to connect with people and see what's happening is Sunday the 27th. So I'm really looking forward to that. And pulling this off and putting that one brick in so for next year I can get better ideas, uh, more collective with everybody else, and it can be seen because after it's seen, then I feel that things can, you know, really be built. Actually, the the <laughs> the millennial that you speak of, Brittany, I see Brittany being more involved next year after it actualizes because you kind of it coming to life is so important now and now the canvas is is there we know what the what the where the borders are so we can really put in some coats of paint and you got t-shirts for it you got Mm -hmm. posters for it you got small posters big posters Mm -hmm. you got posters for the entire event big posters and small posters for the entire event Mm -hmm. you got little booklets for the entire event Mm -hmm. you got small flyers for each of the separate events you have big posters for each of the separate events like you went all out you're doing the robo calls you're yeah you know you're out here i mean we put it in our um newsletter and um i've been texting people and calling people and just when i see people in person um we've been promoting it on the show pretty much every week ever since then um i'm glad that we have the facebook page and then we have the flyers um we got tickets i mean something that I see, you know, uh, that I'm looking forward to is the build, like the continuing, the deepening of what you've set the ground for and what you've Mm -hmm. been building. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really proud of you. Thank you. You know, if that's a thing to say. Oh, that's uh, that's big because I saw how you guys built so much with everything you do. So that's that's part of like laying those stones down. Like yeah. knowing that yeah. there's other people that have done it too. I'll say like with this these last couple years with me trying to build something on my own, like I have I have some very good masters that are in front of me. You guys <laughs> have taught me how to build a house, seriously. <laughs> I mean, I I I mean I knew it was a lot of work, but it's a lot of work. Like it's a lot of work and you have to somehow find a way to enjoy it. You know, and I think it comes through, a, like you said, you guys said, like keeping strong relationships and like minds around you and good energy around you. That's the stuff that makes it easy, but it's a lot of work. You know, you yeah. have, there's a lot of things that you have to think about. There's the, like you just said, it, it's the research, it's mm-hmm. the building, it's the um, late hours of um, sending out emails, the phone calls, the design, forget having the, 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 the flyer, it's designing it. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot, it's a lot of stuff, you know, I, I've tried to, I make metaphors around basketball It's the, you weren't shooting, shooting with me in the gym. And it's the truth. That's the late night shots of you hitting the same shot that you missed during the game, just so that you can make it the next game. And that's what you guys do. You know what I mean? So, you know, 
for real, for real, big ups to both of you guys. You guys are, I think, the blueprints of how to market yourself and to consistently market yourself so that it's not this show, but it's the next show, you know? I think it's, it's intimidating, you. though. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Like, uh, you know, people think that, I don't know, people think I'm rich or things come easy, but people don't really see the efforts that go into, you know, all the stuff that we have to do. And honestly, it is scary to go, you know, ask people to buy a ticket. Because the fear is like, oh, they're going to say no. You know, they, I'm always asking for something. Yep. What, what if they don't, you know, want to come to this show? I got a whole another thing I need to ask them for. Like, all these things go through your brain. But then at the end of the day, I'm going to tell you something. There was an event that just happened um, at the Tangent Gallery this mm-hmm. past weekend. Mm-hmm. It was called um, Republica. Mm. And it was these people from Germany. And they're with this company called Wonder Bar. And um, long story short, they reached out to a firm, a PR firm, that ironically, about two or so years ago, I reached out to. And the interesting thing is um, at a certain point in time, I was looking for a PR. Mm -hmm. And so I reached out to these like four different PR firms, local PR firms. And um, they were telling me they want $20,000. So I was like, to do what? And um, (laughs) long story short, like in real life, like just looking at what they were quote unquote offering, I did not see what they were actually offering. I looked at those firms as not PR firms in terms of, like to me, a PR firm has relationships with press and... Mm. They can, well, they have enough of a relationship to send your press release. They can't guarantee that your press release is going to get, you know, picked up. But they have enough of a relationship. And to me, these people, in my opinion, didn't, don't and didn't really have those types of relationships. What they did have is they had big clients, big name clients. So they were doing stuff with the Ford and these big clients, but Ford and these big companies already have an internal PR. So when you quote unquote do PR for them, you're really just like not developing ideas. You're just doing the hands-on of a plan that they've already constructed. You're piggybacking on something. You're piggybacking on it. They're just telling you, call these people. It's their database. It's their relationships. It's their everything. You can't command anything so when these people was telling me they wanted 20k and then i'm asking them what are they gonna do and then they're telling me these little you know shim shammy flim flammy things that came to pass in this event that just happened this past week these germans spent a pretty penny it was designed well it was done well all the production was well like 30 to 50 germans flew out here to detroit and it was dope but guess what what? Nobody was there, and because they hired this Detroit yeah. PR firm, and the dude just took their and I know the dude. It was the dude I went to, and yeah. the, and then the Germans, the late one of the ladies, one of the, she's a black German. Mm. She uh, she been here a couple times, and I kind of kicked it with her a few times, just teasing her about being a black German. But um, she was like, "Piper, 
the 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 guy I hired to do the PR, he didn't get the peoples. What happened? Schwartz Deutsch. I was like, I was like, he didn't do his job. She was like, but they told me he's the best PR guy. I was like, girl, just because he has like slick looking graphics, like that's not enough, you know. And he knew how to get the client. You know what I'm saying? Like people know enough to like get that sale, but he didn't have no butts and seats and, and they may or may not come back. That's what she told me. I said, I said, well, listen, y'all got to come back. She was like, we spent a lot of money, so mm-hmm. we might not be able to come back. She was like, but we'll bring you to Germany anytime. And I was just like, you got to come back to Detroit. So I'm, I'm literally emailing this lady this whole week, like, cause she's been here for a week. And I was like, you got to come back for the Detroit is different festival. And you can see <laughs> these are the real people doing the real things. And I mean, I'm just saying that to say that, and, you know, what you're doing is actually re like, it's like a healing. It's like redefining, like, no, this is how you do this. And that's really the call to action that I make in marketing It's messaging. Mm-hmm. And right now, I guess the fancy word or the sexy word is storytelling. That's what everybody's yeah, saying right now. When in reality, messaging, sto- narratives, it's communication, you know, five years from now, it'll be something else. <laughs> but the, the, the reality of it mm-hmm. is connecting that message. It's, it's the pure word of mouth. But these tools help with word of mouth. Yeah. And and it's all adjacent to different things. With the comedy show this year, I'm I'm working with Dez, who's did going up for a long time with Josh. Uh the Dez Cortez? Yeah. No, no, Dez, no. uh you met him, Kid Clever. Oh, the young, yeah, Kid yeah, Clever, yeah. yeah. So I'm working with Dez and we're talking and I'm even telling him how I look at things and and this will be this is like the first time we're working on working on things together as like I was saying, that call to action, it it's it's the more probable you're adding probability to a person attending because a person seeing it on the internet, even seeing it over and over on the internet, like right now that thirty for the thirty for thirty fest with Forbes is happening like right after, and I I was telling one of the interns I'm working with reach out to the people at Forbes because they may be interested in what we're doing with Detroit is different and crafting the email for that. But even with it, we're raising the probability every step of the way. But the number one way that people make decisions to go to something or not, I still believe, is who else they know that they're personal, that who else I personally know that's going, no matter how big it is. Even if that call to action is the Beyonce concert, it's still down to like, my cousin loves Beyonce. Hey, I heard Beyonce is coming to Detroit in November. You going? It's like... No, I didn't know she coming. How much is the tickets? $400. $400? Beyonce crazy. You know what? I thought about it. I think I may go. So people are still going in groups. So the call to action is still connected to that word of mouth. Do you have enough tools to get those people that would be interested to collectively connect to want to come to the event collectively? So, And also I, how I, it makes them feel I, and, about and, themselves. Yes. How it makes them feel about themselves. Cause, yes. Because people want to go to something that is going to make them look like they're the man. Or or not. Sometimes it's just that you know people that you're connected to will be there. Like, uh, for, for instance, when 
Kwanzaa at the museum when Insorma does their day, and that's just such a eclectic event for so many years now. It's like okay, I want to go on that day. But now as an Aisha Shuley graduate, and they asked me to be a part of their past Kwanzaa they did. Now, if Shule continues to have a day, that'll be one of the days where it's like, okay, I will be at the museum for Shule's Kwanzaa Day just because it's it's one of those things that you you connect to as like your social circle will yeah. be in the space too. It, yeah. You know, it you you want to experience this culture with other people you know. Yeah. You know, um, I think that that plays a big role. And if you're not connected to pockets of different groups, if you're not connected to, uh, to, to, to bigger, to bigger, I guess, uh, pockets of different groups, if you're not connected to bigger, um, like people with more of a, like a status or a name recognition or more of a deeper, and even that is is in reference to what it is. So like, I want to go like when I was thinking of asking my natural hair who who do they think would be a good host for them. I was thinking Joe or Fluent is connected to the natural hair community. Like that's a good intersection because mm-hmm. a lot of people still mention Cafe Mahogany and some of the other things he does. I mean, he has natural hair now, so I think that that intersects well. Even if you have a deep like foolish which may connect to more people. If he was hosting the My Natural Hair show, I don't know if that call to action is something where people connect foolish and shout out, that's my big homie. But I don't know if people look at a natural hair show hosted by foolish and think to themselves, I want to go to that. It doesn't, it's brand wise, it doesn't, but which is interesting mm-hmm. to, that you say that because the radio station did have something called the Women's Empowerment Event. And they, and they had, had all, there. they had foolish there, <laughs> and they had all these men, and they had they had multiple men's panels, and they had uh, Morris Chestnut I'm and uh, Tyler Perry. Love him. I love. I, they had Tyler Perry. They had okay. They had Tyler all Perry. These men. Tyler Perry connects with a lot of women. And Morris and Morris Chestnut, Chestnut connects with a lot of women. They had more men's panels at the women's empowerment, like. Most like ninety percent of the women's empowerment conference, the one the radio station did, was mostly all men's panels. And and I guess because their, their consciousness mind, is, they're thinking that women women will come men. buy a ticket to see a man, and, and that in and of itself is a very interesting thing. Perspective that they have is a very interesting, and that's a different call to action of the woman that's thinking like it's women that probably. Uh, may say I like how Morris Chestnut looks or I like Tyler Perry's works, but that's a different call to action. When I when I'm coming from women empowerment, I don't want to see Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry. Like when I come for He was a keynote. Yeah. So like I may want uh yeah. I can't make so if, if Tyler Perry's the keynote at a women's empowerment conference, that already tells me the the audience that I'm marketing to. Right. To me that the woman that right. wants will want to attend an event like that. Right. You know, versus I don't even know who I would think of when I think of women's empowerment. Like I mean, sure, you could if you want to stay in the in the lane of ratchet, you could get Taraji P. Henson. Well, I wasn't even That's thinking upscale that, ratchet. But I was thinking I was thinking more like um 
I mean, rest in peace, like Toni Morrison. Or, right. Oh, okay, but, okay, okay. But, More intellectual. But then at, on that level, it's like you're going to get a different audience when you do Way women's empowerment. Different. And Toni Morrison is the is the keynote. You're yep. probably not going to have, you know, Urban Radio as the right. uh, <laughs> as your, as your what sponsor. What happens if Michelle Obama is the keynote? That's a that's mostly yeah. white women. <laughs> <laughs> that's mostly, it was a lot of black women that went to her at, at Little C's. I saw it was. Did you a go? lot of no. I, I saw went. a lot of uh, I saw a lot of mom and daughter. Yeah, and, it and was a lot of aunties. It was a lot of. I saw that. that like flood my timeline. But the whole bottom floor was all white women. Well, I mean, I don't think a lot of black women could afford those tickets. Them tickets was fifteen hundred. Yeah, exactly. So that's why. So they yeah. knew who that call to action was. Yeah, yeah. You know, so and they was down on the floor like, "Say it, sister." Yeah. So, but that call to action, they know who they know who that is for. Yeah. So I, I think, in making the event, you also have to think of of what's adjacent. Of okay, this person connects well with that person, and you may not need quote unquote. I guess the person with the largest reach, because the person with the largest reach may be a. Um, May not be uh, uh, the the person that connects well with the message. Like for years, right? When I well, when I was more active in in the hip hop and everything, it'd be like, oh, you a positive rapper. So they get me to be on a panel with a rapper to talk to kids that generally is talking about killing people. And it's like, okay, if this is a non violence rally, having a rapper that has music fit, and this my homie, but you know whoever. That's always talking about killing people like this is counterproductive. Counterproductive. You know, I, I think maybe instead of focusing more so on a person with a bigger reach, you may want to focus on a person that fits the message of what it is. And you also can have, you know, you can you can pack the house with people without that quote unquote big reach that haven't had the uh, I guess the green light of the mass appeal, but it it connects over time where you build something real special and eclectic. Like for years, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I guess empowered to think that this is how you put the brick by brick, by brick, by brick, how African world festival used to be. Yeah. When African world festival in the eighties and nineties. And I mean, this like, wasn't no headliners. It was just a bunch of African people playing the djembe drum and the dune dune on stage where it was packed. The whole city bought into the, the call to action was African culture. That's true. It's changed over time. Dally in the alley. What Dally in the alley was, was how I interpret it. Like a bunch of like hippies, that wanted to do something cool in and around Wayne State where they sold artesian made-up arts. Now it's become something different. You know, like they got Budweiser tents and stuff like that. But the heart of the first call to action was something that grew into something that was curated as cool, but you had to enter their world of whatever it was. I've never been to Renaissance Fest, but I'm pretty sure whoever was anchoring Renaissance Fest was into that renaissance st- fest yeah, stuff yeah, you know yeah. like sometimes uh sometimes I, I i believe that you in in cultural placemaking we in saying we want a larger audience we we take away from the original call to action often mm-hmm. you know and you have to take the risk on what that call to action is. That's why I like the whole I'm the rapper, she's the DJ brand and I plan to 
keep expanding it with Piper over time as long as she'll let me support it and be a part of it. Because I really still think that the call to action for women hip hop and women in hip hop is a hell of a call to action. I think it is, too. Especially, you know? especially hey, when, hey, hey. Especially when you add the DJ to it, too. I mean, that is just, that takes it to a whole nother level. Yeah, because there's so many people that haven't seen it. And even, you know, I mean, so many arguments that are always made, like the, you know, um, you know, in, in the way that what hip hop is today. And, and I guess, you know, so many arguments now, it's like women are empowered by hip hop, but it's like, okay. Their calls to action, you know, how much of it in the stage management and, and what's being presented and the messages being presented, like, what is that? So, like, creating stages for it is empowering. Um, you know, doing doing something that's original, that people can connect to something where they feel that they're witnessing something they're not a part of. That's really what this festival is about. And I wanted to continue to be a peek into these different subcultures of Detroit where you're like, I didn't even know this existed. So, like, I have no idea what cornbread and caviar will do next year, a part of the festival. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be something that I'm just not as I'm just not going to be as connected to because the way that they interpret the world and connect with things is completely different than how I experience the world. So walking into them place making an event will be something that I haven't experienced. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, what group text is doing with the game show is walking in on their friendship on a grander scale. And it's something that I'm not necessarily as connected to because I don't share in the texting and what they do the same way they do. Like right, I'm right, like, right. I'm a lot more like Piper. Like it's kind of like business and artistry and, back to business and artistry, yeah. you know, but like the casual friendships of, of being grown and black and carrying that on. That's, that's something that's different. Like yeah, that's something yeah. that looks like, you know, something from a sitcom, but it really exists. Mm. So what is that in real life? And you yeah. can see that with what the text, yeah. the game show. Mm -hmm. Well, let's do this right quick. Brit, Brit, tit, tit, tit. <laughs> <laughs> let's do rapid fire um let's do rapid fire um current events rapid fire current events takashi 69 oh man so you what want my got opinion on that, on yeah. that? what y'all got on all that it's unfortunate i'm not gonna get gummo too i'm just playing but uh <laughs> <laughs> it's unfortunate and it's also It's also very, I, I don't have another word other than unfortunate, you know, um, I guess you could look at it like hopefully he gets what he gets and deserves and all of that stuff. But, you know, the kidnapping, the glorification of violence, the, the buffoonery, uh, just the six and the nine on his face. Yeah, like everything about the whole, the Jim Jones of it. It's over. The, it's the Cardi over the B top. Of it. But I mean, it's over the top. But it's, I guess, where things are today in the yeah. in the world. Star for attention. I, I want to say in an interview when they asked him something, um, I can't even remember. But 
he was like, no, I was just trying to get popping. Yeah. Meaning that he, he never... He paid them. He paid them. He never... He never respected even the art form of rap. And I guess this yeah. may be me romanticizing and my love for hip-hop. Like, he never loved hip-hop. And that's no. what I say about a lot of the, the rappers today. Like, their goal is not to create the craft. No. You know, it would be like me joining a joining a dojo of karate just to, and, and, you know, doing karate moves on people just so I can get Instagram followers. Like, yeah. like damn, dude, you don't respect martial arts? Like, nah, I'm just trying to be popping. Like, it it hurts me on multiple levels because I love the culture in the form of hip-hop. Yeah. I love the art. But in today's society, I, I can only imagine we're going to see more and more antics that follow in the footsteps of Takashi 6 9 because that is what gets you popping. And that's people's goal. What you think, Brett? What you got on Takashi's situation? Uh... Just nothing new under the sun. That's why Chris Rock was in that movie, right? What was the name of that movie? Which what? one? Top Five or no, Pootie Tang? The, the one, oh, CB4. CB4. A right? classic one. So, CB4. Nothing new under the, the sun. But my question is, is who's worse, the gang or him? I mean, but all of the above. Okay, and then, all right, let's unpack the re- the realism of even the streets. Snitching is very prevalent. Yeah. And it always has been very prevalent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, snitching... It probably you may get paid more to be an informant, yeah, than you can from being a criminal. So True. snitching, if snitching did not exist, we would not have a criminal justice system yeah. because most people have state's evidence turned on them. Now, what justification for the snitching? He's on a grand scale, and because I I think this plays against him because he's not black. Because if he was black, I think people would look at it like, but no, they kidnapped him, so it's different. Like if Fifty Cents was on the stand snitching, because technically, I, if I we remember what happened with Supreme, yeah, and the whole reason why Fifty Cents was shot in the first place, yeah. was yeah. because of him reporting. Uh, state's evidence but people looked at 50 different because he's thug from jamaica queens and he's black but he was snitching yeah you know what i'm saying so snitching is nothing not only is it not new under the sun snitching and criminality are hand in hand hand in hand as as that has been the way partners yes i (laughs) mean best friends on the dance floor so like that has been the way that Everyone has been brought down. Now, how people have ethics or merits of how they choose to snitch as far as like he owe me money or he got at my girl like uh, Nikki Barnes or uh, like Sonny the Bull. Like he was an animal anyway. He was killing everybody. Like whatever justification people qualify it. And let me say this. The old lady on your street that's just calling the cops on you, that's not snitching. Snitching is for the personal. You have a direct personal advantage that's not community-based, that's not that from cooperating and corroborating evidence to the police officers. Yeah. That's snitching. And that direct form of police informant is so prevalent. Like, to, to, to call one person a snitch... It's tough. Like, even one of my homeboys um, right now serving time, um, PZ, and I knew PZ for, for years, and his the whole incident he got into on Instagram, you know, and a lot of confusion of the people with Trippy Red's crew. Back mm-hmm. to Trippy Red. Um, 
and people like, man, you know, and what he said about that, like this form of, you know, connection, it, it's gone on for years. The uh, shitty cuss, the guy that murdered Nipsey Hussle. And the reason Nipsey Hussle did not want to associate with him was because he was a known informant. You know, I mean, this is, it's common. So to act as if we turn our backs on quote unquote snitches means you we're turning our backs on crime, which I don't necessarily think a lot of people committing crimes are in a place and space to even turn their backs on the person, you know, turning state's evidence that, you know, has the new car, you know, can buy you some new Jordans. You, you know, they they tell you why they snitched and generally people say, I feel you. Yeah. Amber Geiger. What you got on her? School me. Okay. Oh, man. All right. Amber Geiger is the police officer in Dallas mm-hmm. that murdered the black man, her neighbor, because both of them, John. Yeah, quote unquote, she walked into the wrong apartment so on says. the wrong floor. So she says. So she says. So they oh, found wow. her. They found her guilty today. Yeah, they okay. did. But they haven't. Well, sentenced. When this comes out, they will probably have a sentence. But they right now, as of almost midnight on Tuesday, they don't have a sentence for her. But they say that she could get if she gets less than ten years then she can appeal. If she gets more, 11 years or more, she cannot appeal. And she, and regardless, she cannot, um, what do you call that? Plea. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, That's wild. It's wild. But um, they found her guilty of first degree murder. Yep. And. And let me say this. Yeah. That may have been one of the worst criminal defenses I've seen since Trayvon Martin. Because boy, oh boy, I was at, I went out my way to try to find Court TV, which I had to stream on my computer because I don't even know if Court TV is on TV anymore. Wow. But it was interesting to stream it on my computer or it's not on Xfinity Detroit. So it may be, you know, someplace else. But when I was streaming it, that criminal defense was so horrible. The the state appointed attorney. Yeah. Oh my god. She had a I mean not defense, the prosecutor was so horrible. Oh, you said you think case. the prosecutor was horrible? Yeah, the, the prosecutor was horrible. Like the evidence that the defense laid to say like it was it was confusing. The the apartment was confusing. Even our own cops couldn't find out the right floor and everything. Like they actually presented enough evidence where the attorneys didn't reject like, okay, how stupid do you got to be to go to the wrong floor? And this is after she was sexting one of the other officers. And That's they raced married. The, those sexed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, generally cops hook up with cops. But but still, um, she's sexting people and all of that stuff. And then from sexting. Minutes before. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, shooting him. Didn't even and try she, to save his life. They asked her. Did you did you mean to shoot him in the chest? And she said yes. She mm-hmm. said she was aiming for his heart to kill him. Yeah. So, you know. At the same time, though, like, the thing is, though, it was like three different accounts. Because remember, the first account, she said that um, she walked in on him. Mm-hmm. But then when they showed the door, remember the door, like, slammed. Like, slam mm-hmm. locked. Yeah. 
then, like, I think another account said that, like, he went to the door and opened the door. But, like, if you go to your own apartment, why are you knocking on the door? And that... And you say you're confused. Is... The so that there right one, there had me like, what? And, and that should have just continued to be drilled down on. Those that two. That you knew you weren't. She flipped yes. though. She flipped that yeah. story. Her first story, her mm. first, when they first asked her what happened, she said, I went to the apartment and I opened the door. Yep. And I walked in on him. And then when they proved that it slam locks, mm. that's when she changed her story and was like, oh, he opened the door for me. So that means you was knocked on the door. Yeah. And that, that means right he there. let you in. Yeah. Did so you, how, how are you confused? Yeah. Did you see the neighbor? The neighbor was on the stand, you know, and broke down. And I can only imagine why. Because it's like this shit don't make no sense. And they actually, you know, Court TV gave the evidence to where they're like, you know, over one third of the people in the apartment say they've gotten confused which apartment to go to. And it's like, what in the hell type of weird... You know, I go to hotels, you know, and you check in and you know what hotel you in between yeah. the day, you know. Yeah. And I can't front. I've been in a hotel and went on to the wrong floor, but noticed it within literally seconds. Like, oh, snap, we're on, you know, floor three, not two. Yeah. Right. But you totally notice it. Yeah. Like within seconds, you, you notice it. You don't try it. to walk in the door. With your pistol out and then blast somebody in the chest. Exactly. But now this is the gossipy part. Two different accounts. One said that they think that she was just tired of his music because he Mm. lived over her, you know, and she Mm. was just tired of him. And she just went up there like, I'm going to end this now. Um, Another account says that maybe they had something going on. And, you know, she was, went up there to go deal with it or whatever. So Crime of passion. Both of those are gossip. Like, there's no, Hearsay. Evidence, there's no evidence for any of that. But uh, they're not far-fetched. <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely probably could see two. I could see some type of crime of passion. It was very, very much because it was no... She didn't do anything to try to save the life. Even right. on the phone. And she like, lied about that. Yeah. Because they asked her, did she do CPR? And she said, a little. Now, if you shoot someone in the heart, the amount of blood that is going to be everywhere, there is no way that you gave any CPR and you don't have blood on your police uniform, on your face, on your body, on your hands. That's just... So she lied about that. Yeah. Another... I mean, to me, she lied about it. But the... That was it was surprising the part where she got first degree murder yeah i I was surprised i thought they was gonna go off i thought that she was gonna be i thought she was not guilty well in dallas but yeah but the thing is depending on her sentencing yeah she may it's still a probability that she could walk because if she gets less than 10 years she can appeal and basically, with the less than 10 years, her appeal, she could do that, like, at home. Yeah, I mean, kind of Over like, 11, she can, she'd have to stay in the cage. 
Yeah, kind of like the Butzel and Nevers uh, that killed Malice Green. Those guys mm. were out like within, I don't know, they were out like in two and a half years. Wow. You know? So, I mean, the, the Did disregard you see her crying? for black life. Yeah, I saw that. She was crying like a newborn baby. She was Without any tears. No tears. Yeah. Crocodile tears. She was frowning her face up. Like, just looked terrible. Yeah. I was like, wow. Did you see them give her like a, a blowout and try to make her look cute? <laughs> did you see that? They nah, did, a, they did her hair. You didn't, didn't see that? See that. They did her hair and her makeup and they was trying to take nice lifestyle pictures of her like she was in Marie Claire. I, I didn't see that. Piper. I didn't see I'm that. I'm serious. Because they trying to, you know, because they know. The jurors will see those pictures and be like, look at her. She's so sweet. She didn't mean it. Yeah, I mean, that's it's all a strategy. Yeah, I'm surprised. Like, to tell you the truth, I'm I'm surprised. Cause at this point, a police officer, even off duty, well, okay. A white police officer shooting a black person oh my God. off duty. This a rap. It's still, you know. They get their own justice. Yeah, like it's still like, I mean, seriously. I thought, you know, half of those people became cops to kill black people. So, so okay, and the last one, Malik Yoba. Oh, man. <laughs> Brittany, what you think? Malik Yoba. Uh, Wait, did you see him scream yeah. at the person at the root? Because he screamed at Judge Joe Brown. I know. I didn't, I didn't peep the I Joe Brown that. thing. Joe, yeah, Judge Joe, Joe Brown. Brown. Judge Joe Brown. <laughs> Judge Joe Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Why y'all laughing? I said I'm saying that. No, nah, it's just he's Judge funny. Judge Joe Brown it's just did such Joe an Brown. excellent job of staying in his box and being logical with him. And every single time Malik went into an emotional state or a, a, a persuasive selling point on why he's right, Judge Joe Brown brought it back to logic and let him know, this is my opinion, just like this is your opinion. He just did a beautiful job. Did Yo. you see the root though? I, he I screamed saw, at the I dude on the root. I, I saw that. that. I saw that. I, I saw I, that. I, we talked. We just got done talking about PR. We just got done talking about media and all this type of stuff. And this is what we do: is we interview people. But what I found interesting to Malik's defense, and the only defense he will get from me, uh, just because I don't care about it that much, is I can't imagine Piper, uh, Kari inviting us on his show and us rapping for four hours straight. And then when he gets on the mic, he starts asking us some some questions that we had no idea he was going to ask us. And I, that could be part of the industry. I, 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 that could be how it works. You have to be ready to know that that's because the guy, well, guy, guy did Michael Jackson. He did the guy Michael Jackson like that. He followed yeah. Michael Jackson around yeah. for two weeks, and then at yeah. the end of the inter, the two yeah. weeks, he starts asking Michael Jackson all this crazy ass shit. So well, I don't know if that's how it works, but I don't like that shit from I, person to person. Yeah, I, don't do me I, like that. I agree. I agree. It. Four hours? But I mean, but at the same time though, the way that he asked him the question was not disrespectful. Agreed. Agreed. So Agreed. and as a journalist, that's a question that no one had asked him. Because yeah. when he went on the Breakfast Club, they didn't ask him that question. Yeah, and I'm that sure Breakfast he Club had, interview blew, that know, Breakfast Club uh, interview yeah. blew my mind. It's almost like What was the question? They Did asked he... him about the, uh, you have allegations currently of you fetishizing. Uh, Children. No, black well, trans, um, the black trans woman. woman and you and have he was an accused. allegation yeah. right now where you're accused 
of um, soliciting a yeah, prostitute soliciting from a, a child. minor. Yeah, yeah. a so, lot of celebrities have issues like the, the the thugs of the world, the young thugs, the Gucci men, all the guys from down south that consider themselves real life gangsters. They have issues doing interviews because they feel like journalists cross the line when asking snitch ass questions. Like, why are you asking me something about an open case and an open situation? Because that's curious. journalism. Is it? Yes. Well, it, it's up to you as the... That's why celebrities have PR. That's why they have a handler. That's why they have a crisis manager. Because it's the job of the journalist to ask the questions, but the person be like giving the information, like that's what media training's for. Like honestly, I don't think the question that the dude from the root asked Malik was disrespectful. I get it that they had a whole thing for four hours and he said this is the flow. But to me, in real life, right? The dude asked him, Look, you got these allegations, old girl, you know, said this about you. You know, what do you say to that? Now if you didn't do anything, it would be like, that's false. I don't, you know, that's not on me. I don't have, you know, that's, I didn't do it. And people are saying this about me. But if you listen to his answer, he skated around the straight up, like, no, I did not do it. He skated around, like, well, going directly for the no. Okay. It, this on so many levels is, I'm going I'm to address what Brittany was saying. Okay. Um, it's a two-edged sword when it comes to this this form of offering something to the general ma- to to ma- for mass consumption to the general public, because celebrities or I guess public figures or performers, artists, whatever. On one hand, you do you you want media because you know when Gucci Mane had his book to promote. Gucci Mane, you want the interviews, you want media. So, like, and then the call to action, media is still a business. And the best way for media, the media business to, to sell itself is through asking, like you say, those tougher, those tougher questions. I remember years ago, Piper remembers this. You were in New York when this happened. The Kevin Powell interview with Tupac Shakur that they say sparked off the whole, the vibe interview that sparked the East Coast, West Coast beef. People weren't even thinking about Vibe Magazine when... At that point in time that I was associated with, people were strictly buying the source. I've never. It was so hard to find that Vibe magazine, you know. Yeah. So it, it's still a business. So the at this point, really, what Malik did was he definitely heightened the the profile of Root. Because I mean, what, what, yeah. how long were people talking about the Root? Like, so it's kind of the business. But then on the flip side, Malik Yoba is. Or, or whomever that public figure is. When you're reaching out to the media, you're looking to reach the masses. Yeah. So, but the way the media reaches the masses is right now the, the biggest media outlet is TMZ. Yeah. And they're completely built on... Controversy. Exactly. You know? You know, I mean... And it's some not, of it is not true. You know, the book... You know, I mean, people aren't going to like... What's that? Like, people aren't going to... to, to Wall what, Street what is, Journal. No, no. I mean, where where can you go and get like just the press release and the news feed? Uh, oh, yeah. You know, people aren't going to Thomson Reuters to get their news. You're looking at what's curated, what's sexy to you. 
clickbait headlines and different things like that. That's how people are getting information. So on one hand, they do want that. Gucci Mane does want that. Young Thug does want that. The flip side is, yes, you're going to get questions and you're going to sometimes, yeah, you're going to get a curveball. And at that point, maybe the media training comes into play, but at the at the heart of it, really just whoever you are. And actually one of the best people at it, I hate to say it, was like a Takashi 6ix9ine sometimes when I see yeah. him in interviews because the way he... He almost became that character, walked in as that character and flipped the character on whoever was in the room. Yeah. So having that willingness uh, to do it. The the biggest thing confusing about this whole Malik Yoba thing is I still really don't get like he's looking to be the advocate for like what is his social stance right now? I think. No, let I, me. Oh, but one thing I will say to do from the root said that I that I felt he told Malik, listen. What do you say to people that say to you that you're centering yourself? You're centering yourself in, you're saying that you're advocating for trans folk and trans women. But in that, you're centering yourself to say, look at me, I'm the one who's standing up. And Malik Yoba basically compared himself to uh, Gandhi, Malcolm X, and uh, Martin Luther King. So he's saying, like, I'm a trans ally. And he's, it, and he's basically like, and, and I, I agree with the guy with the root. Malik Yoba is centering himself in the conversation because everything he says is, look at me. I'm standing up for these people. And in real life, like. Well, who's asking him to stand up for, quote unquote, these people? I'm sure that probably the people who went on the show with him are probably doing that. But even in that. I'm be honest with you. Like I do a lot of advocacy work um, with the Latinx community, like the Puerto Rican community, or with it with queer folks and with all types of people, um, youth yeah. and everything. But never do I Speak put myself in the conversation to say, yeah. "Look at me! I'm standing up for these people." If anything, um, I say, "Oh, here's some experts." That can speak to that. You should speak to yeah, them. Yeah, and that's or, and, and that's what I'm wondering. Like, what trap. is his stance? It was a trap. So I think he. I, I honestly think, and I don't know everything because I'm not on social media. But from the way I saw it was, is there were some guys in New York who were stalking a guy who was like uh, having relationships with the transgender, and then like days later he killed himself, and it 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 did something to Malik, and he made a post about it, and I think he got. You got the social media accolade. It's the same thing the industry does. It takes you all the way here, and then you start get, get, get people asking you, do this. Can you come and do this? But he, he, he acted too soon. He acted, he too, acted soon. too soon. He fell for the trap, the, the social media trap, where people put him okay. all the way up on a pedestal. And then once you're on that pedestal, but, people start but to But now we have to ask. They put you under the microscope. But now we have to ask. You know, like, okay, I don't know what what would be that or whatever, like in a in a stance or whatever, because like, yes, I'm and it's it, and it's a tough because, you know, Piper even more so than me, like I'm I'm famous enough where like God knows I do something positive. That's not going to be in the news, but I'm definitely famous enough if I do some stupid shit <laughs> that you'll see it probably on two, four and seven of like local, you know, but you know, like, so if something were to happen where like, um, you know, um, I don't know, somebody, somebody stealing energy from DTE. 
And I stand, and you know, and they get caught. And I'm like, no, I stand with my man. I'm still, I've been, I, I think we all should steal energy from DTE. Yeah. If I put that post up in the back of my mind as I'm hitting sin on that Facebook post, I am aware of some of that info that's about right. to come my but way too. I'm I'm maybe, aware of that energy that's about to come that's, that's, that way. What I've noticed is, but I can hide behind the veil of like, no, I'm just standing up for people without energy. True, true. But well, I think from a just a, a deeper act, not even deeper, but like the psychological behind it, you get. I can see where people get caught up in the compliments that people give them, or the yeah, man, yeah. And I think it gave him a sense of like camaraderie. And then before you know it, now he's the face of talking about transgenders because he's this straight-looking black man who doesn't look like he would be into shit like that. And now he's talking to people about it because they think that he's going to be able to smooth the conversation. And now you're up here, you get all those accolades, now you're under the microscope, and I don't think he was expecting it. But at the same time, two things. One, the young man that killed himself basically was beating on, he was abusing his transgender partner. Okay. And that was the part that either Malik didn't know about or whatever. That came out later. So as Malik was talking about, oh, you know, I relate to this man. Well, when the young man's mother and family started coming out and, you know, well, not just the family, but the transgender partner when they started coming out saying like look he was beating on me and this and that that's when it was like you know oh um he didn't kill himself because people were teasing him about being trans he had some very serious Understood. substance abuse issues and some other things and he was abusing his partner okay and that's where he killed himself so that was one thing then the second thing was that um Malik Honestly, maybe he had amnesia, mm -hmm. but I don't know if y'all saw the young lady. I think her name is Mariah Lopez, mm -hmm. um, that the transgender young person was, uh, the, the claim is that they were 12 and 14 when uh, they were uh, prostitutes back in the day and that Malik Yoba solicited them and some other young people and that he was a regular of theirs as well as some other celebrities and that you know that they that he was abusive and this kind of thing and so um that was a whole i don't know 10 to 17 minute uh video that the, mm. that the trans person made like telling detail after detail after detail so this is kind of like the whole mr c it's like yeah. Mr. C. It's the same yeah. Mr. C thing. DJ Mr. C. DJ Mr. C thing. That was Biggie's DJ. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the interesting part is that it's not that, uh, you know, who he loves or whatever, right? Because when I saw it, I, when I saw the post, I thought like, oh, wow, because I saw a lot of het black hetero dudes commenting, saying, I'm standing with Malik Yoba. He could love who he want to love. We in 2019. We need to be mature. And I thought... My social circle definitely was not saying that, but, but I, mean, I I'm, feel you. I'm saying I saw a lot of hetero dudes like standing for him. I saw a lot of people like, like oh, he's brave. The? I mean, I did. I saw a lot of dudes okay, saying he's right, brave. Right, he's right. brave. Shouts out to Malik for being brave, right? For being brave to be himself, right? Mm -hmm. So at first, I was like, 
that's cool. Mm-hmm. But then when I saw the video with Mariah Lopez, I was like, oh, man. Oh, so almost like you think he tried to get in front of this. I think he tried to get in front of trying it. to act yes. as if... Like kind of like the 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 white supremacist yes. that has the black wife. Yes. Like I can't be racist. My right. wife is black. I think he. I think. I, got you. I think he knew that this was coming down the pipe, mm-hmm. and I think he used it to get in front of it. And I think it's unfortunate. Um, it's almost like it's like super sucks because it's like everybody's dirt is coming out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like all the stuff that people did to like get on top and get on. Is all like surfacing now. You know what I'm saying? It's like I, the dead bodies are close to the top. The <laughs> of the river or whatever. I guess it's it's yeah, being an ally, your voice should not be as echo. And then also, mm. I mean, you know, also in being an ally comes it's us it's going to be I have ignorance in certain topics, certain topics. I recognize a lot of the sexism that exists. I sometimes see it. I've been a party of it. I've been, I've witnessed it. I've not spoken up. I've probably, you know, partaked in it, but I can still say like, all right, this, this is, you know, this is not, yeah, this is not where we need to be going. But at the same time, I can't speak to it as if, like, I'm an authority on this. I got you, sorry. Because I'm not, a, I don't know what that's representative yeah. of. So if given a grander platform, I do agree with, like, Piper, you got to kind of sit back and take the, you know, you got to kind of sit in the passenger seat. And then furthermore, whoever you have sit on a higher platform, you kind of have to have them take the lead. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I'm just kind of, I guess in like what's the what's the grander you know like what is the what's the goal so I guess I would have what you said what you was what you're saying makes more sense like if he's looking to block some of this and then the the tragedy of it from what I've heard connected to this also is but what what I've what are you blocking but like what I've heard also was was like I mean before he even went public with a lot of this he didn't even talk to his wife and his children yeah right. which to me yeah, that's, that's extremely like that's foul. you it know is. what I mean that's now like, you're you're weird. it's like I can't even imagine what that has to be like mm. it's just, it's and I'm sure probably like the like you know Camille Cosby knew what was up for yeah. years like yeah. it's different. When people know what's up in a so- closer social circle, but now for the whole world of yeah. everybody that knows you, you go in the job, you know, Malik Yoba wife, yeah. where people like, hey, that, what's up, note, Stacey? Yeah, on that note, Piper, yeah. where I will say is, is that I don't want to get into his sexuality, but what I will say is, is to, to, to be the ally and to be the person that's supposed to be breaking down why we need to accept transgender when... It doesn't sound like he's clear on what his own sexuality is. So to be the face of that is weird. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. He's, I don't think it's authentic. Yeah. I don't think it's genuine. I think he was clout chasing. That's what I think. Okay, real quick. Yeah. Stacy Dash. Y'all up what, on that what, one? What it, I don't know all the particulars. <laughs> I know she, I know she, like, from what I see, and this is all, like, internet, what I read, she was arrested yeah. Uh, she, and she got for her domestic violence. N word wake up call. And she put white 
when she was when she was arrested. <laughs> she she filled in white as her race. Yeah, she did. She did. She filled in white as her race. Um <laughs> I don't know all the particulars. She she's saying she can't afford an attorney, so she'll take a public defender. Oh man, she's um, going down. I think I'm sure domestic violence as well, he I'm, was beat I'm up. familiar. She beat him up. Because I've seen it. I've yeah. never, you know, I've never put my hands on a woman. No, she beat him up. I know, but it's still one of those things where I way. know it has to be so much more to whatever's going on There's in so that household. And she called the cops. Yeah. And, and so even more reason. That she was arrested. Even more reason yeah. that, like I say. So we don't know all of the particulars in this story. I would not be surprised if... It's maybe like a long history of fighting between both. Obviously. And and it's a lot of couples that, you know, they scrap. Like, you know, and I and I do know that, you know, as they say, like, women hit men too. That happens and it's not necessarily a justification to hit her. But it's certain people that are the way they express themselves in anger and in rage is with fist um i don't know uh, what's going to happen we'll keep following stacy dash i can only imagine just knowing how uh superficial men are and that she still superficially fits the mold of what we deem as attractive she will probably be married by the time this goes to trial to somebody else you laugh i'm but my my i'm serious on a positive i'm serious Positive memory of Stacey Dash. Beyond what clueless? <laughs> Beyond clueless. Kanye's video all falls down. She played the oh, shit out of that. I thought you was gonna say Carl Thomas. Uh, no. Emotional. <laughs> all falls down was such a great video, and she fit the mold of what he was talking about. Of that yeah. I guess well, he would fit the mold of that too, right? Well, now. she's <laughs> she's on the yeah. Trump Speaking train. Speaking of himself, through her, Stacey Dash is on that Trump train. He is too. Like yeah, I say, Kanye's yeah. on the Trump train. Uh, Who? Not anymore. That was his father, though. Who? Kanye? He's still on that Trump train. Yeah, that's his father. You know, he's still on there getting breakfast. (laughs) But I mean, it is what it is. But I I don't know. But I think Stacey Dash, she, you know, like I say, I'm sure it's more to that whole story. Yeah, we got, we got, we gonna follow up on Stacey Dash. I would say. You think she'll be black after this? No. Yeah. (laughs) That was a bad joke. I wish I had the drum set that went. Yeah. Nah, not at all. I, oh well. Well, on that note, we'll still be black. Yes, uh, and and we'll be back <laughs> yes. next week. But um, I'm excited about. Uh, remember October the 24th. No, is it 25th? 25th through the 27th. Yep, and it's going to be at the Andy Arts on Finkel, 3000 mm-hmm. Finkel. You have to get your tickets right now. Guess what? Mm-hmm. If you get the entire pass for the entire weekend, all of that great. Entertainment, arts, mm-hmm. and culture. It's only going to be fifty bucks. Yep, you can bounce from room to room. And, you can go and through get, the whole thing. Yeah, I know. It's like you you'll walk into uh, every intersection of Black culture. You'll be with uh, people in fraternities and sororities, to people ex gang members, to current gang members, to police officers, to to people in the church choir. You can connect great. to it all. Yeah, Detroit great. is different. Millennials, you yeah, know, millennials, everything. Too. artists, Fine. entrepreneurs. Thinkers. Yeah. So, oh, and you know, if you don't have fifty dollars, if you have ten dollars, ten, you can at the max. Well, fifteen at the door, 
And if you have your $10, you can definitely come and see I'm the Rapper, She's the DJ on the Saturday night. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, borrow that 50 from your friend and uh, tell them that, you know, it's an investment in your future. Or, <laughs> you know, uh, convince your friends to come because it's going to be some great fun. Go on to the website. So we've got DetroitIsDifferent.net, and that's where you can hear all of the podcasts. Every podcast, mm-hmm. whether it's Detroit is Different or Detroit is Different After Dark, mm-hmm. you can go into all your social media platforms. You want to like, subscribe, and share on your Detroit is Different. And you definitely, uh, oh, I almost forgot to shout out that Brittany and Sanaa have a pop-up coming up. What's the date of your pop-up? I will be there. October 10th. That's next Thursday. 10 10. Next Thursday? Okay, we'll have to have y'all on on Tuesday and get the show up. 10. So, 10 10, y'all got to go. It's at the Willis Show Bar. Tell us about it real quick. Go ahead, Um, Yeah, we'll be popping up at the Willis Show Bar 6 to 11, I believe. We'll have three entrees. Mm. Plant based? Plant based. Yummy, yummy. And dessert. What? So, you got oysters. Oh, my best friend in the whole world. Um, she's doing dessert. She, she um, her business is called Black Cocoa Bakes. Okay, and it's all vegan as well. Hmm. Okay, Very good stuff. I mean, you and can't even. Taste it's that so vegan. good. It's yeah. delicious. Okay, cake is moist. You know. Wonderful. Very satisfying. You can't taste that it's vegan. No, you can't. I mean, so, that's very point, satisfying. That's the point of what we're doing. Good vegan. You know, we got a sandwich that's caught the what up dough because um, it's a spin on the, the fried chicken pita. Okay. Um, we got the Sienna, which is a you know the classic New Orleans po' boy. Mm. Um, and then we're going to do, uh, we call it General, uh, what is it, General Willis, where mm-hmm. we take a spin on General Tao chicken with jackfruit. So okay. that's the point, is just to make. The, the the transition, even if you don't want to transition to being vegetarian or vegan, at least if you out to eat with your homies and three of them vegan, they take you to a vegan spot, Curry. Mm-hmm. You you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, okay. I'm and cool so that you said spots, that's October. October ten ten. October ten ten ten. Yeah. Okay. So Thursday, October tenth. It's in my phone at, at Willis I'm Show there. Bar, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on, that's on Third and Willis. So y'all definitely got to go check them out with that. And um, we know we're going to see y'all at the festival. It's going to be amazing. We're going to have some guests from the festival that'll be coming on the podcast in the next couple of weeks. So um, that's going to be cool, too. So like I said, check us out. Detroit is different on all your social media platforms. Listen to the show. Like, subscribe, share it. Tell your friends to listen to it. And of course, you have been listening to the Pepper Carter podcast on Detroit is different. And we'll see you next week. Peace. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Round and round and around we go. It's like time is life and it's meant to go. As I try to stop, it won't let me go. When I walk the time, I'll never know. In my lifetime, a moment is a second mode. How my time getting wasted when it's wasted for? And I'm caught between how to spend it all. Gotta change my way or I take a fall. In the constant rock race where I can't be stalled. If I give in, it's based in my conscious call. So I keep it moving if I have to crawl. I can't lose the losing when I have a for taking where they place me on Everything is sacred to avoid the loss As I gotta keep on winning, it'll keep me on
that I ain't changed Though the reason that I want and that I need that I feel judged by my people when they come back So I'm perfect by myself for others cause black Caught up on to the S, why I ain't called back And to stay in the room, starts to dance They move to a beat where I know I can't expect it to be But I can't expect nothing More that I lose, more that I accept nothing Empty in my mind as I'm filling up my stomach Cause I'm chasing after dollars so my time's not in budget Tied in October 24th through October 27th at the Andy Arts, 3000 Finkel Avenue, Detroit, Michigan, at the inaugural Detroit is Different Festival. The collage of sound, sight, taste, feel, and scent of Detroit from all walks of life. Join Piper Carter, Frida Sampson, Unicorns Are Real, Josh Adams, The New Kids, Group Text, Jennifer Crawford, Care Michigan, Audra Carson, My Natural Hair, Cornbread and Caviar, Kari Frazier, Sterling Tolls, Boldy James, and more artists. The Detroit is Different Festival provides you the rare opportunity to witness, experience, and familiarize yourself with the diverse subcultures that make Detroit different. Experience this all for 50 bucks. Visit www.detroitisdifferent.com and get your tickets today.